Hello, and welcome back to the third podcast in our series on the Top Shelf, which deals with topical issues in IFRS that impacts clients operating in the retail and consumer industry. My name is Shriya, and I'm a Senior Manager at PwC's Account and Consulting Services. This morning, I'm joined by Salia Muller, who is part of the PwC South African Accounting Consulting Services Retail Industry Team. Welcome back to the podcast, Salia. Thanks, Shriya. I'm so glad to be back here again. Now, Salia, the circumstances which leads to today's discussion is a bit unpleasant, but I think quite important for entities operating in the retail space. The recent civil unrests which took place in South Africa during the beginning of July resulted in major disruption and destruction for retailers, as you can imagine. It is really devastating, Shreya. The unrest resulted in violent protests, looting, and damage to many retail stores, to warehouses, distribution centers, and factories. And it will most likely take all those impacted months to recover from this financially. I completely agree. And on the premise that accounting follows business, and these events have been so impactful on business, let's think about the accounting consequences. Specifically, let us focus on the contentious part of the accounting implications, which is retailers with year ends of 30th of June 2021. Now, I understand that IAS 10 provides guidance on events that occur subsequent to an entity's year end, which are either adjusting or non-adjusting events. Now, given that the civil unrest took place so soon after June, would retailers be expected to account for the unrest in their 2021 June financial results, Salia? What do you think? So in order to answer that question, let us consider some of the key dates leading up to the protests. So if we look at April um, during 2021, there were indicators of potential protests. On 29 June 2021, the Constitutional Court sentenced the former president to a 15-month jail term. Then the first key date after 30 June 2021 would be 8 July, which saw the commencement of the civil unrest in some provinces of our country, which spanned over a few days. The 21st of July was then the release date of the latest stats of the economic and financial losses, which estimated to be in the excess of billions of rands. Now, keeping this in mind, um, relating to the protest action, let's consider whether these events would then be adjusting or non-adjusting under IS-10. Now, IS-10 applies to the accounting and disclosure of events that happen between the balance sheet date and the date when the financial statements are authorized for issue, and then it distinguishes between adjusting and non-adjusting events, as you've mentioned. Thank you for the timeline there, Salia. I think I'm following you. But at this point, I'd like to pause for some background theory for our listeners. So the classification of an event as an adjusting or non-adjusting event depends on whether it provides additional information about conditions already existing at the balance sheet date, or it indicates conditions that arose after the balance sheet date. So let's take this theory and apply our minds to the facts at hand, to this timeline that you've just discussed. Now, in determining whether the civil unrest is an adjusting or non-adjusting event, we would need to consider whether information relating to the key dates you've just mentioned was known or knowable at the 30th of June 2021, right? Yes, precisely. So on 29 June, um, which was now before your year end, there were reactions to the prison sentence of the former president. The information of this event, as at 30 June 2021, 
was known and knowable. However, at 30 June, there was no indication or public information on the extent as well as the severity of the civil unrest which took place post 30 June. The civil unrest and nationwide protests that occurred in July were events that were not reasonably anticipated at 30 June. Neither could the extent or the severity of the losses in rands have been estimated or anticipated. Taking this into account, the civil unrest is a non-adjusting subsequent event impacting your non-financial assets of entities with year ends of 30 June 2021. Interesting thought process there in reaching that conclusion, Salia. So since it is a non-adjusting event for entities with this 30 June year end, my understanding is that entities would not be required to adjust their financial statements for the impact of the civil unrest. I do believe, however, that IAS 10 does require entities to disclose the impact of the unrest on their business in their 30 June results if the impact is material. This disclosure should be transparent and specific to the entity, and it should include the nature of the event and an estimate of its financial effect. Where the civil unrest has materially impacted an entity, the entity should consider disclosing the financial impact of the civil unrest on the carrying amount of assets and liabilities. For example, the need to impair assets or remeasure fair values or the impact on revenue or borrowing covenants. If the financial impact of the civil unrest cannot be practically quantified by an entity, it is then recommended that entities disclose qualitative information that may provide an indication of the concentration of the impact. Is there anything else that retailers may need to consider in preparing their June financial statements? So another important aspect to consider is whether the entity can still continue as a going concern. Now, the going concern basis of preparation is not applied to financial statements if events after the balance sheet date indicate that the going concern assumption is no longer appropriate. Now, in other words, any information relating to an entity's ability to continue as a going concern, whether the conditions existed at the reporting date or not, is an adjusting event and should be considered when making the going concern assumption. Entities should therefore consider whether the, whether the developments subsequent to the reporting date have any implications for the going concern assumption. Similar to financial periods post the onset of COVID-19, there will likely be scrutiny with regards to going concern disclosures. Ah, yes, going concern. Thanks for reminding me about this concerning point. So where an entity is no longer a going concern, the entity should disclose the fact together with the basis on which it prepared the financial statements, as well as the reason why the entity is not regarded as a going concern, right? Yes, exactly. So if I sum up the discussion thus far, the impact of civil unrest would be a non-adjusting event for entities with year ends of June 2021, as the extent and severity of the unrest as at June 2021 was not known and knowable. We've been focusing on non-financial assets thus far, but what about financial assets? What is the impact on financial assets? I believe one word springs to mind there, or rather three words, expected credit losses, also known as ECL. Now, just to take a step back and recap some of the background principles on expected credit losses. IFRS 9 requires ECL to be measured in a way that incorporates information available at the reporting date about past events, current conditions, 
and forecasts of future economic conditions. The forecast of future economic conditions adds an additional layer of complexity when calculating expected credit losses because it becomes very judgmental on whether and what events that occur after the reporting date should be adjusted for. Let's start things off a bit simpler and talk about the effect of the civil unrest on the simplified expected credit losses model, which applies to trade receivables, contract assets, and lease receivables. Now, the provision matrix is the most common approach under the simplified ECL model, which reflects the historical loss rate per class of customer adjusted for reasonable and supportable forward-looking information. What are your thoughts on expected credit losses, Salia? So, as we mentioned just now, here the same thinking would then apply. The impact of the unrest on your financial assets would also be a non-adjusting event. But the real question you might ask is whether we should be taking the impact of the unrest into account as forward-looking information when estimating the ECL provision at 30 June 2021. But now the answer here is no, once again. Ah, and why is it no, Salia? So it's no because we have concluded that the extent and the severity of the unrest was not known or knowable at 30 June, and forward-looking information would need to be based on information that was known or knowable at that reporting date. Another way to look at this is if you stand at 30 June, the extent and severity of the unrest could not be deemed to be reasonable and supportable information that one would have considered based on all the evidence and events leading up to 30 June 2021. I follow you. So let's take a step back and think about those big picture forward-looking factors within the model that I just mentioned. Now, one of the most common forward-looking factors used in these expected credit loss models is the GDP outlook, right? How would that interact with our forward-looking information? Yes, that's right. So your GDP outlook at 30 June 2021 would have factored in multiple economic conditions, such as the impact of the COVID-19 third wave and its related lockdown restrictions. It would have incorporated load shedding, inflation, the impact of unemployment, and it would have also factored in, to some degree, the risk of social or political unrest due to the probability of social unrest increasing over the past year due to political instability in our country. However, what's important to note is that at 30 June 2021, the extent and severity of the civil unrest was not anticipated, and as such, the magnitude of the unrest was not factored into that GDP forecast. Ah, uh, okay. So if I follow you, practically this would mean that if one factored the GDP into your expected credit loss model as forward-looking information, you would have most likely incorporated the risk of social and political unrest into your model without specifically having a scenario for this risk, right? Yes. So it is a bit of a nuanced point, but yeah, that is the essence. Okay, so I think we have the theory um, pretty much understood. So let's try to make this as practical as possible and think about maybe a contrasting scenario to what we've just discussed. So let's say I have a junior end company that sells goods on credit. At June 2021, I want to estimate my expected credit loss model. And let's assume that within this ECL estimate, I have already considered various forecasts for GDP to incorporate my forward-looking information into my estimate. Let's say, for a bit more detail, I've already assigned a base case, 
a downside case and an upside case in forecasting GDP in this example. So having done all of that, what would be your view, Salia, if I were to propose an amendment to my downside scenario to reflect a harsh or a more severe downside risk due to the civil unrest? What do you think? So in my view, it would not be appropriate in that case to reflect more severe downside risk. This is because you are then effectively applying hindsight to an estimate by taking into account the events of the civil unrest that only took place from the 8th of July 2021, which were not known or knowable at 30 June. Lots of no's coming from you today, Salia, but all of it is very good to know, so I'm going to take those no's as a learning point. (laughs) So if I sum up our discussion thus far, the impact of the civil unrest would be a non-adjusting event for both financial and non-financial assets for entities with year ends of the 30th of June 2021, because the extent and severity of the unrest as at June 2021 was not known and knowable. With regards to financial assets and expected credit losses, hindsight should not be applied in adjusting forward-looking information for events that were not known or knowable as at the end of June 2021. Secondly, although the unrest would be non-adjusting, entities would still be required to include some disclosure if the impact was material. And the last point to remember is that entities should assess whether they can continue as a going concern remember that earlier concerning point, because if subsequent events indicate that the going concern assumption is no longer appropriate, that event would then become an adjusting event, and the financial statements would need to be adjusted in order to take this into account. It was great chatting to you today, Salia. Thanks so much for having me, Shia. This podcast is brought to you by PwC. All rights reserved. PwC refers to the South African member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com forward slash structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. (music) 